0: stand for the reading of the Gospel. We read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the town of David a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. This is the Gospel of our Lord, we pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Your fellow redeemed friends in Christ Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. You ever wondered why God would have chosen an angel to deliver the news of Christ's birth to those shepherds in those fields? Were there no prophets available? Were the priests and the Levites all on vacation? Why didn't he use the sheep? You know, he had used a donkey before, Balaam's donkey, to to correct him. Maybe he could have gathered a a choir of sheep to tell the the shepherds about what had happened in Bethlehem. Were all the reporters for the Bethlehem Bee busy covering a a, a camel crash, a a multi-camel pileup somewhere? I don't know why exactly, but I think I can guess why the Lord chose an angel to deliver the good news of Christmas. It's because he wanted us and those shepherds and the whole world really to have a clear understanding of what the good news of Christmas really is. There's there's so much distortion. The devil tries to cloud it. Even our sinful flesh can get the good news of Christmas wrong. Even if we think, well, I've been hearing it for decades and we think we know it it's so easy to get it confused. So today, the angel delivers to us the real news of Christmas. Imagine for a moment, as painful as this might be, that we had to rely on today's news media to cover and to communicate the Savior's birth in Bethlehem. If there's one thing that I think everyone agrees on, whether you're Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, even the media themselves, I think they would all agree that If it bleeds, it leads. You know what that means, right? That a a negative story will always take precedence, a a car crash, a a murder, something bad. And and the media even has a tendency to take fairly neutral stories and and pick out a negative aspect of it. For example, if there's a, a hurricane or a tornado or a winter snowstorm or something and and, and, and they're building up to it. And then it comes and you know, nothing terribly bad happens. No one loses their lives. Uh, no property is really damaged. The media will still report something like this. Experts warn this storm proves that more cr- catastrophic storms are going to come in the future. Or right around this time of year, the media will report on the, on the, the retail shopping, you know, how well retailers are doing. And they will say, uh, great fourth quarter but this doesn't make up for a terrible four, a third quarter. Or, or they'll say uh, media s- or retail sales were great around Christmas, but January predictions are looking pretty dismal. Or even regarding COVID. I wonder if the media is at least, if not more, responsible for all of the fear and the panic that still exists in our world today regarding covid even though we've been through this for two years now, uh, due to their alarmist calls, the the fact that they are intentionally alarming people, and and that maybe the fear and the panic is more based on what the media has to say rather than the actual data and the actual science. So imagine for a moment then that our today's media was responsible for reporting on Jesus' birth. What would the headlines look like? Caesar Augustus' requirement for census for people to be taxed drives hundreds, maybe thousands of people to little town of Bethlehem. Experts warn about super spreader event. Alleged virgin is said to give birth. Sexual assault charges are being looked into. Um, Baby, newborn baby, newborn infant found lying in a feed trough for animals Child Protective Services has been contacted. I think today's news media would would have a way of taking the best news this world has ever heard and and finding a negative, an alarmist aspect of it. The media is not Christian, though. We shouldn't expect anything from them. But we're Christian. Do we ever do the same thing? Do we ever find anything negative about Christmas or turn it into a, a negative thing in our lives and the lives of the people around us? It's been months of preparation, right? Planning and baking and cooking and buying gifts and, and all the other things that go into getting ready for, for this day. Do we ever get to this day and we feel kind of like like the Grinch or like Scrooge and say, oh, I just want it to be over now. Bah humbug. It's Christmas. Let's, let's move on. Let's get back to normal life. Even though for Christians... This is the first day of Christmas. It didn't start in September when the sales ads for Christmas came out. Christmas starts today and goes for the next 12 days. Are we ever just ready to have it over with? Do we ever turn the good news of Christmas into bad news in our lives? Are we so stressed out by this point that, that all we can do is complain? What about when anybody asks you about what your Christmas was like? What do you focus on? Don't, doesn't it kind of, if it bleeds, it leads, happen in our lives too? That if someone asks me or us how our Christmas went, we can easily focus on the negative aspects. Well, Grandma wasn't here this year, so we really missed her. The, the ham, the turkey was dry. Uh, I didn't get what I wanted, and I forgot to get a gift for the person. I sh- We can focus on the negative aspects so easily, right? We can taint. We can, we can make the good news of Christmas bad. But you know, the only way that we can do that as Christians, the only way we can make the good news of Christmas bad is if we pretend that Christmas is all about us. It's not. If we ever think that Christmas is bad news, it's because we're focusing in the wrong place on ourselves and not on that manger in Bethlehem. We should repent of that. I think to today's news media, they would they would turn the Christmas story negative and they would also get a lot of the details wrong. Has it become clear to you, as it has to me, that that? The media today isn't as interested in reporting on just the facts as they are in pushing their own chosen narrative. That they will, they will subtly twist or distort the facts just to get a particular message across. I could come up with do- dozens of examples, I'm sure you could too, but I'll just pick out one. On November 22nd, CNN reported this. At least five killed after SUV plows into Wisconsin holiday parade. An SUV did not drive itself into a holiday parade. I'm sorry, that's not true. That is twisting the facts to spin a narrative. And that wasn't a holiday parade. It was specifically a Christmas parade. It wasn't celebrating Kwanzaa. It wasn't celebrating Hanukkah. But Christmas. That's just one example of how the media will will shade the facts to get a particular narrative across. They didn't even report most of the facts. I think they'd probably miss the facts about Christmas, too, wouldn't they? Instead of Jesus being born in Bethlehem, he'd be born in Bethany. Instead of being laid in a manger, he would be gently placed in the manager's office of the inn where they were staying. Instead of being wrapped in swaddling cloths, maybe they'd be wrapping him in a straitjacket. Instead of being a, a virgin, a miracle baby of a virgin, he'd be an illegitimate child. They'd get the facts wrong. That's my guess, anyway. Do we ever get the facts wrong? Do we ever ever skip over the the actual details of the Christmas story in favor of a, a different narrative that is more appealing to our sinful nature? For example, have you ever put change into one of those little red kettles that you find outside of stores? Did you think you were doing a good thing in doing that? The thing is, the Salvation Army is a heterodox church. The Salvation Army is Arminian. They believe that you must make a decision for Christ. They also allow women and children to preach in their churches. They don't celebrate the sacraments at all. They are a false teaching church. And by by putting money into those kettles, you're actually supporting false doctrine. John warns us against that. In his second letter, he says you shouldn't even wish a false teacher well. Because by doing so, you are participating, you are joining yourself in their wicked work. Do we ever allow the lie of self-righteousness that underlies that fat guy in the red suit and the elf on the shelf to, to linger in our homes? Do we allow our children to, to kind of go along with it, thinking, well, it's cute, it can't be that harmful. And yet it is. It is very clearly theologically teaching our children that you must do good if you expect good, and you can never do a good enough to earn anything good from God. You ever twist the facts of the Christmas story or, or dismiss the facts in favor of something? You ever think, you know, the real meaning of Christmas is something like a, the Christmas story or a Christmas Carol, the movie. You now the real meaning of Christmas is that Jesus came to turn us into better people and to make us more loving and kind to others. If we fall into any of those narratives, we we are distorting the Christmas story just as much as if you thought or taught that Jesus was born in the North Pole and stuffed into a stocking and hung by the chimney. Those narratives are false and they lead us away from the actual facts, the actual good news of Christmas. So if the media was reporting on Christmas today, I think they would, they, would, they would find bad news. They would turn the good news into bad news. They would, they would distort the facts or leave out the facts in favor of their favorite narrative. And they'd also censor or, or change the good news in some way. You see, because the good news of Christmas is the miracle of the incarnation of our Lord. It's the miracle of God taking on human flesh. But the media doesn't report on miracles. I, I should... I shouldn't say that. The media reports on reported miracles, right? So if someone pops up their toast and it it comes out with something that looks like the face of Mary on it, the media will report someone believes that their toast looks like the Virgin Mary's face. They, They will report that someone or some group of people believe that a certain thing happened and they call it a miracle but the, the media can't report it as fact what the media does and what many people do is locate truth in the heart of a person if you believe it it is true and we can't do that as Christians we can't put the the foundation for the good news of Christmas in our hearts because we believe it. If we do that, we lose all objective comfort that there is in the actual, factual good news of Christmas. If, if If the good news, if a good Christmas relies on what is in your heart or your mind, then you lose the objective facts. And everything else has to be perfect, right? If it all depends on how you feel, then it better be a white Christmas, not a foggy Christmas. Then, then the kids better really love the gifts that you got them, right? Then everything better be perfectly cooked. Then, then everything better go just as you planned. If it's going to be a good Christmas, if the, fa- if the difference between a good Christmas and a bad Christmas is how you feel about it. We can't do that as Christians. We lose, we lose so much if we do that. Now, the media can't report on that because the media doesn't believe in miracles. The media can't report on miracles. The media will never confess that a virgin gave birth. The media will never spread the news that an angel and a host of angels showed up to some shepherds in a field and proclaimed the good news to them. In fact, today I think if that angel made that same announcement, he'd probably have his Twitter account canceled. The media cannot Report on things that are miraculous, like the incarnation of our Lord, like God taking on human flesh. The media will say things like this if they were to report on a story like this today. They would say, none of this is real, but we're reporting it because some people believe it. Because Christians believe that on this day the Son of God came out of heaven, was conceived in the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, was born in the little town of Bethlehem, and he did all of that so he could suffer and die for the sins of the world. Some people believe that, they would say, but that doesn't make it real. Now there, I agree with them. Faith does not make Christmas real. For example, if the shepherds had listened to that angel and simply rolled over and got back to sleep and never gone to Bethlehem, Jesus still would have been been born. If Mary and Joseph had not listened to the command of the Lord, if Joseph had quietly divorced his wife, and if Mary had not pondered up all these things in her heart, Jesus the Savior would still have been born. Jesus' birth doesn't even matter on whether we believe it or not, or whether anyone believes it or not. It is factually true that in the town of David, a Savior was born. He is Christ the Lord. That is the center, that is the focus of our faith. But our believing doesn't make it any more true. The good news of Christmas is not in our feelings. It doesn't depend on the media spin. It doesn't depend on what's going on in your life. The good news of Christmas is in the facts of Christmas. Jesus was born in the city of David, just as God had promised for hundreds of years. That's good news. The good news is found in the angel coming to the shepherds and to us and saying, you don't have to be afraid. Because guess what? God is not coming to you to destroy you, but to save you. The good news is found in the fact that this good news, according to the angel, is for all people. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, This good news is great joy for you, and that includes each and every one of you. The good news is that Jesus was born to die, to die for our sins, to suffer God's wrath in our place. The good news is, as the angel said, he is Christ the Lord identifying exactly who this baby is. He's Christ. He's the anointed one. He's the one God chose and anointed and appointed to be the Savior of the world. And he can do that because he is the Lord. He is God himself in human flesh. He can live the perfect life we never could and die for the sins of the entire world. Maybe that's the best news. Maybe if you take only one thing away from this sermon this morning, it's that the best news about Christmas Is that it's outside of us. It's not in our heads. It's not in our hearts. It's not in what our friends and family say. It's not in what the news media would say. It's in the facts of what happened in Bethlehem on that night 2,000 years ago. It's in the fact that on that night God became flesh. It's on that night that we don't have to be afraid anymore because God didn't come as an angry judge to destroy us, but as a little baby to save us. It's because on that night, God became human flesh and made his dwelling among us. The most incredible miracle ever. No matter what your heart says or what your head says or what your family or friends say or what your circumstances are this Christmas, that is good news I think that's why God chose an angel to deliver this good news. Because if we left it up to the media, they'd distort it. They'd lie about it. If it was up to what we feel or what's in our heads or what makes sense, the devil would be able to twist it and distort it in our own hearts too. But the good news is as simple as this. It's as simple as what the angel said. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That is Christmas. And Christmas is nothing but good news. Amen.